What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Good evening. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Always in association with Andy's Man Club. It's okay to talk, lads. Um, Kev can't be with us tonight, as you can see. So it is myself, Shane, and Craig. And we are 100% Giants, as usual. Um, Las Vegas this weekend, Sin City, 3 and 5 are the Raiders. they're going for a bit of a crisis themselves at the moment, so it's going to be a very, very intriguing game, that's for sure. Um, kicking off at 9.25 UK time on Sunday evening. It's good to be back, lads, obviously having the evening off on th- on Tuesday. How are you both doing? Yeah, no, buddy. It feels like it's been a really long week. I don't know if it's just me. Like, I was literally, used to the intro then. I was like, was I on the last episode? Like, it's just been that kind of week, to be honest with you. But yeah, you know, um, getting to the Raiders game tonight and well, well, getting to the Raiders game tonight for Sunday. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about it. Not, it, it. It's nice not having a therapy session before the game. Yeah, it's, um, it's a weird one. I'm still not sure what to think about the game uh, coming up. It's it's an opportunity. It could also be a banana pit, you know, banana skin. Um, so many wrinkles to it. There's so many moving parts. Um, yeah, I'm really not sure what to make of it. I mean, I agree with you both. This week has been a week. <laughs> Flu has completely killed me after uh, last our last uh, episode to the point where I was off work and I'm sort of on the mend in the end now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a real odd one. Yeah, obviously I was busy at work earlier in the week and it's been one of those weeks where it just it's nice that it's ended. Um especially after last Sunday as well, which I'll uh, I'll talk about in a minute. Um because I didn't get the chance to join your therapy session on Tuesday night, but yeah, it's been one of those weeks. It's uh it's flown past, but I'm looking forward to Sunday. Um and you know, good to see you're uh, on the mend and feeling better, Craig. Uh, as usual, We'll be giving our predictions at the end of the show tonight, but uh, we want to know what your predictions are, your game predictions are. Uh, so drop them in the comments and we'll throw them up on screen at the end. Uh, also send in your comments and your questions and interact with us throughout the this evening um, and we'll answer any questions that you have as well. So if you want to answer, ask a question, throw it in the comments and we will get that answered. Uh, with Halloween in the past, uh, we'll, we're well on the road to Christmas and what more could you wish for than some Giants merch, courtesy of usasports.co.uk. Get yourselves a sweet 15% off of that as well when you use the code BIGBLUE. That's BIGBLUE at usasports.co.uk to get yourself 15% off your Giants merch needs. And now with it being November, that can only mean one thing. Boys, coming up in less than three weeks' time, we're off to the Big Apple, baby. The four of us were uh, making our first trip stateside to attend the game when the Giants take on the Patriots on Thanksgiving weekend. Can you believe it's almost here? Like, less than three weeks, what's going on? Soon come round eight, to be fair. I think I think what we were saying in the uh, group chat last week, I think me and you, Craig, were saying like how quick it's kind of 
how quick life's kind of moving, it feels like at the minute. Like, you know, I mean, we're halfway through the NFL season pretty much. New York's on the horizon. You know, it, it's going to be old before we know it feels like, and we don't want that. Well, we, I feel really mm. unprepared as well. I don't feel like I've prepared for this trip enough. <laughs> I still got to work out what I'm actually doing. I'm going to New York, and then that's as far as I've got at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you know you'll be going to the game on the Sunday. That's the main thing. Yeah. Exactly. I will just say, for if anyone's going out to that game, um, we have also got some tickets for the NBA on the Tuesday night. So if anyone fancies popping along for that with us and wants to know kind of where we sit in our summit by all means feel free just drop us a message and you're more than welcome to join us to watch the Knicks and the Hornets yep yep that's yeah, it Knicks against, Knicks against Charlotte Hornets in the uh, in the season tournament um, that's yeah it's on the Tuesday night so uh, if, yeah if, you, if you're out there and you're going to go along to that game as well let us know and uh, we'll, we'll hook up before the game that's for sure yeah, just before um, next week's episodes, we'll um, and going forward as we get closer and closer, we'll start sort of mentioning the different things that we are going to be doing. Um, we've got a location that we'll be at for most of Thanksgiving. We've got a location, hopefully, for the the Saturday evening after we've done the tour because we're doing the tour on Saturday, um, Sunday night. I'm not sure where we're going to go after the game, but we'll probably stay somewhere locally in the Jersey area as well. So we'll try and figure all that out. We certainly will do. Um, yeah, we haven't got long to figure it out, but we will figure it out. <laughs> um, you know, it's what nineteen days away until we fly out, so yeah. it's it's going to come it's going to come around so quick. Um, but I'm I don't know about you boys, but I'm buzzing already. <laughs> I'm just on a what was the first? Was it Wednesday morning, first of November? It was like going to New York this month. Going to New York this month. <laughs> <laughs> So, mega, mega looking forward to it already. Um, but yeah, before we get into this weekend's game, um, obviously Tuesday night was our Jets review pod. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it because I was working. Um, so, I've, I've been allowed a couple of minutes to give my thoughts on the game. How the fucking hell did we lose that game? And just how? How, how did we lose that game? Um, the offense just looks... Completely inept, and uh, um, even in the first half under Tyrod, they looked just, just like they couldn't do anything with the ball. Um, and if Tommy DeVito isn't trusted to throw a pass, then why the fucking hell was he the backup quarterback in the first place? Um, it, it just, it uh, this, that second half, we became so predictable, um, and to finish the game with minus nine net passing yards with only six complete passes in the entire game. And bear in mind, it's an overtime game as well. Is just absolutely abysmal. Um, I was already in a foul mood anyway on Sunday after the disgrace that was the Manchester derby and actually being there in person and witnessing it myself. So driving home, I was actually kind of hopeful and seeing the Giants were 10-7 up in the third quarter going into the fourth. I was like, hang on a minute, we could, we could get the win here. This could sort of save my Sunday. But no, as usual, the Giants fucking ruin it. Um, <laughs> You know, going into the fourth, our defense is absolutely balling. Had a fantastic game, and then Graham Gano misses that field goal, and it all went south from there. Granted, obviously, um, I, don't, I can't remember the defender's name, but he jumped over the line and and got pressure on the kick, so Gano shanked it. But 
from then on, it was it was just almost as if like we were we were destined to lose that game. Um, what, was, what was more interesting, the, the Manu game or the Giants game? Uh, the Giants game because I expected United to lose. <laughs> I just love that. For, for, just load of salt into the wound there by Shane out of nowhere. Just like because obviously like the Man U game, obviously you were in attendance for, so that like yep. pissed you off. But then obviously the joint. Yep. I think mean, you put something in the group chat about um, the, the the you can't get any worse or the Giants can't get any worse than Man U or something like that. And then like me yeah. Oh, it definitely got worse. And I think by the time we stopped at Warwick Services on the way home, when the Giants had lost the game, I was just in the foulest mood you can ever imagine. And it was absolutely pissing down with rain as well. So I got soaked just going from the car to the services and back again. Um, so yeah, I wasn't very happy on Sunday evening. But yeah, I expected United to lose. Uh, we're saying before the game to my mates before the game, we're not going to win this. It's just a matter of how many goals City are going to score. Um, but I fully expected the Giants to go out and beat the Jets on Sunday. Um, and that just didn't happen. And it was such a horrendous way to lose that game. Um, and, you know, I think you you both rightly said on, on Tuesday, it was just like almost like just gutting, just a gutting way to lose. Um, and it was. It was absolutely... I mean, I've I've watched the, the highlights of the game back or the lack of highlights of the game, should I say, because there wasn't many highlights. Um, and it's, and I said, how, how do we lose that game in the position we were with what a minute left to go in the fourth quarter. And we ended up losing that game. Was it 98% win, uh, win probability late in the fourth quarter. And we go and throw it away. It's just typical, typical giants. Um, we should, we should be four and four. We should have beat should have beat Buffalo three weeks ago. We should have beat the Jets last weekend. So we should be four and four. Instead, now we're two and six. We've just traded one of our best defensive players away because we're two and six. Um, and you know it's not looking rosy. But I am glad that um, Daniel Jones has been cleared for this weekend because you know it brings back our you know starting quarterback, our number one quarterback, and you know hopefully he can. Um, turn this bullshit around because I'm, I can't take any more bullshit football. I really can't. If something doesn't change soon, then these questions that are being asked of not just Dave's, but Kafka as well, they're only going to intensify and it's just going to end up in a, you know, Twitter's already a, an absolute mess in terms of um, people harping on about this, that and everything else, but it's just going to get even worse. Um, but one thing I do want to say is shout out to Winker's defense yet again. Um, the struggles that we went through the first couple of weeks of the season, they're a thing of the past. Um, and Cave on Thibodeau, I mean, what more has that guy got to do than to, to prove his doubters wrong than what he did on Sunday? Um, and it's a big, big middle finger up to those on uh, WFAN um, that, that say he's not he's not a good enough pass rusher. And fair play to Carl Banks as well for, uh, for chucking that in the bin as well after how they treated him. Anyway, that's my rant over. Jets is in the past. Let's move on to this weekend. Um, Tibbs, um, you know his solid work on and off, you know, on the field is is being um, recognised. But he's gone. He's done some solid work off the field as well. Uh, he's been named the uh, NFLPA Community MVP for Week Nine after raising 120k uh, at his J Ream Foundation inaugural gala, and he's also connected with um, 
around 50 kids at the Boys and Girls Club in Harlem as well. So fair play to Tibbs. Not just proving he's a, he's a baller on the field, but he's a baller off the field as well. Um, and there has been some additions made to the roster this week and some departures as well. Um, Craig, what's been going on? Yeah, so uh, as seems to be the norm every time we seem to come onto the air, um, the Giants have changed rosters. Uh, I, I literally cannot remember the last time the roster was as fluid as it has been the last sort of few weeks. Um, yesterday, the Giants signed kicker Randy Bullock to the uh, practice squad as it appeared that Graham Gano would be heading to IR at that point, getting surgery on his left knee. And then that was confirmed today by Brian Dable, whilst the Giants surprisingly announced that they had then signed Cade York from the Titans practice squad. Uh, the two players are due to compete today, probably right now if they haven't finished already, to see who will be kicking on Sunday. Uh, Bullock, who was uh, with the Giants for one game in 2016, has played in 138 games since 2013, has made 83.4% of the 253 field goals he's attempted. He's also made 95.36% of his 298 extra point attempts. Uh, interestingly, Bullock was the kicker last year for the Titans, who missed to give Brian Dable his first win as a head coach. Um, weirdly, that we've signed Cade York from the Titans practice squad. There seems to just be a little, you know, Titans, just a little Titans connection with this entire kicking thing. But York was a fourth round pick out of LSU uh, last year by the Browns. Uh, played in 17 games for the Browns as a rookie, connected on 24 of 32 field goals, which is a 75% success rate, and was also 35 of 37 on extra points. Um, Dan, you brought up a, a good point uh, sort of yesterday in the group chat where you were saying, oh, I think I'd rather have or actually, no, it would have been earlier today where you were like, oh, I'd rather have Bullock. So I kind of, I, at first, I, I kind of agreed with you with the veteran side of things, but I thought I'd go back and have a look at Bullock's um, rookie numbers, uh, identical to Cade York's, uh, 75, pretty much 75% on field goals, uh, and again, missed a couple of extra points. So um, interesting that they've they've actually, in on under rookie contracts, they're, they're very, very similar. Uh, Bullock's just obviously had a much longer career. Uh, any thoughts on on those two signings? I mean, Shane, you probably I don't know with your draft uh, pre-draft watches. Do you watch a lot of kickers? Kickers and punters are people too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to be fair, he's not someone who like I've kind of watched loads of, of tape on, but like he, he it's a name that I do know. Um, I mean, I do wonder if we kind of brought Bullock in and then. Someone went, Dave, you know, he missed that field goal against us in week one last year. And he was like, oh, shit. Who else can we get? <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I do like, um, I do like um, Cage York. I, I, I hope he kind of gets the, the job, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, extra points. He was 100% in 2020 and 2021. And he had um, over 80% in uh, 2021 as well, 83 and then 85% success of field goals in 2020, only missing uh, three. So, you know, I think he's someone who's reliable. He's going to be used to kicking outdoors, which I think is important. There's no good side in a, a kicker who like predominantly plays in an, in an arena type because that'd be no good, especially in... Uh, the Meadowlands. So, you know, I'm hoping Cage York can uh, can win the job. And, you know, obviously in 12 months' time, that'll be a different conversation we'll be having in regards to Gano being back off IR and hopefully someone like York has uh, given the 
uh, front office something to think about. Yeah, I, th I think looking around on Twitter, there was a lot of talk about how the Giants wanted to sign York off of the practice squad. But the problem was is that they hadn't seen him kick since the end of last season. So Bullock was they 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 held the tryouts for the practice squad side of kicking. Bullock obviously won that, and then the the idea was to have a, a kicking contest between the two of them. But as Dan Duggan rightly said, unless York is punt, you know, booting these balls into the car park and missing that badly, um, we're, it's unlikely we're going to use a, a practice squad elevation on a kicker when we have many many holes in other parts of of our roster. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. I think that that obviously K. York was a fourth round pick last year by Cleveland, so yeah, he must be pretty he must be pretty decent to get drafted alone. So I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, if we go with him over Randy Bullock. That's for sure. Jamie, <laughs> I love that comment. Don't drop a bollock, don't, and then excuse the comment. But imagine saying that when you've had too many. There was a, another thing that Jamie's <laughs> actually put up that I just thought we'd quickly touch on before we get into the Raiders. Um, Shane, I know this was something that you sort of spoke about in the group chat earlier today with um, yeah. Xavier McKinney's comments about thinking we're in a win now situation after the big cap trade. Um, did you want to express your thoughts on that one again to the uh, the wider public? Press stop cam then instead of uh, unmute. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's interesting that he said that um, he was thinking they're in a win now because he clearly doesn't think when he's opening his mouth because the guy just needs to stop for a second and think about what he's going to say. So, like I said in our group chat, I understand what he's saying, completely understand where he's coming from, but that's a comment you say in the dressing room, in team meetings to each other, not something that you come out, especially for a guy who he's hearing. A rookie joins the NFL, if they're good, they're struggling the first year, then they get better and then they get better. McKinney is going the opposite way. He's getting worse every year. And you throw in the ATV incident last year, I know it's in the past, whatever, but like you throw in something like that, then the comments he made at the start of the season about like, oh, we're not going to blame us, um, in, in referring to the defence. And then he says something like this, and I just think it's one of them where like, appreciate the honesty, completely understand where you're coming from. But don't throw that out to the media and the fans. Keep keep some things in inside the locker room. Couldn't agree more. Just and all, also, really, are we in a win now? No, are we? No, are, are we delusional? Is what I'm thinking as well. I mean, right, we need to win it. We need to win a few games this season. But come on. I mean, I do, I do wonder just on this topic. Sorry, how much of his comments is him pissed off about not getting a contract? Because yeah. obviously he's in the summer and he's seen that he's seen Dex get extended, he's seen AT get extended. Obviously, the Saquon Barkley one's a little bit different. Um, he's seen DJ get extended. Maybe he feels he should have had this contract, and it just feels like he's a player who's talking his way. Well, he's talking his way off the roster and he's playing his way off the roster in all honesty. I mean, you know, it's a pity we all got concerned about winning there when he whiffed on the uh, tackle on the hall on Sunday night. Exactly. Exactly. I think that. Uh, yeah. I think, Fair point. I think, I think you need to be, yeah, certain players need to be very careful with their comments when they're not backing it up on the field. And he is uh, definitely one of those at the moment. He's being outplayed by Pinnock. 
Yeah, I agree with that. All right, on to this week's game then. Uh, we're 20 minutes in and we, we thought, right, let's, we better get on with this week's game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it what can really only be described as a bit of a tumultuous week for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they fired the head coach, Josh McDaniels, just over a year into a six-year contract. <laughs> so uh, he's going to be sat at home on the sofa being paid by the Raiders for the next four years. They seem to be quite good at doing things like that. Paying, you know, giving up really big contracts and then just booting them after a year or so. Um, so, I mean, if if the David family want to throw away their money, then feel free. Um, but also to get the boot with GM Dave Zeigler and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi as well. Uh, the main reason for the change is because the Raiders have been shit this year. Um, well, I say shit. They've been up at uh, three and three and three, three and four, something like that. Three and three, five. No, three and five, aren't they? Three and five. Three eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they haven't been the best, and you know, the uh, the quarterback situation there doesn't help either. Jimmy G again getting injured because that's all Jimmy G ever does is get injured. Um, and you know, there's there's a. It's almost it's, it's quite a toxic environment in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and it it kind of it kind of always is because it stems from the ownership, you know, it stems from the, the from the Davis family. Um, it's always been a not a very nice place to be, I don't think, in the in in the Raiders organization. But I'm not surprised that um, what's his name, Josh McDaniels is gone um, because they weren't getting the results they wanted, and he obviously lost the you know there was things in the locker room going on. There's talk that he's lost the locker room and this, that and everything else. So, you know, I'm not surprised in the slightest he got the boot. Um, You know, so far this season, um, they've opened up with a narrow win against the the Denver Broncos in week one. They were then absolutely steamrolled by the the Buffalo Bills in week two, followed by another two losses at the hands of the Steelers and the Chargers as well, before they won on Monday night of football against the Packers at Allegiant Stadium. They then won against the Patriots as well at home to to get their record to three and three, but they've then since followed that up with two losses against the uh, Bears and the Lions, both from the NFC, NFC North. Um, yeah, Mark Davis, you know, couple of the losing season last records thought, I've given you a six year contract, but I don't really care. You go and see you later. Um, and since that, since that day, since the the day they sort of cleared house, they've. Um, Announced a new GM in Champ Kelly uh, and an interim head coach in a, a familiar name, familiar face, Antonio Pierce. Um, and then for his first game in charge of the Raiders, they welcome Big Blue to Sin City on Sunday afternoon. Um, abs- you know, Antonio Pierce, for those that remember him, absolute dominant linebacker, fearsome on the field, fearsome off the field, could talk the talk, could walk the walk. Um He's one of the defensive captains for the Giants when um, Big Blue beat the the unbeaten New England Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Two. Um, so yeah, the the Raiders so far this season a bit up and down. Let's put it that way. Um, what does their uh, what does their offense look like, Shane? On mute. Initially, um, <laughs> you, you you think of the Raiders' offense. You, you kind of think it's not too bad. I mean, you, they've got the top running back from last year in Josh Jacobs, um, who went for sixteen over 1,600 yards last year and had 12 touchdowns. He's been in a little bit of a similar situation to Saquon Barkley this past summer. Obviously, been talked about him in regards to his contract. And uh, unlike Saquon, he held out for, I think it was the first three or four weeks of camp before then uh, kind of signing a deal. And then obviously that traded for Devontae Adams, 
Now, both of them have kind of struggled this season. I mean, Devontae Adams, his best game this year, he had, <clears throat> excuse me, he had 20 targets against the Steelers and he went for 172 yards. Other than that, he's not broken 100 yards and he, his highest total, um, other than the 172, which is a bit of an anomaly, he's 84 yards. Uh, he's had three touchdowns on the season as well. And in terms of Josh Jacobs, he has ran for, I've got it here, 400 yards so far this season. He's only averaging 3.1 an attempt, which, you know, he, he's going to be disappointed with that in all honesty. But um, they, they're struggling this year. So they sit firmly in the bottom three for pretty much every offensive stat you can think of. They're averaging 268 yards per game. And that's only 0.4 more than the Giants who are last. Now, the biggest factor in the poor total, as I've mentioned, has been their run game. They're averaging just 70 yards, uh, 70 yards a game. Um, now, up until a few days ago, many, us included, assumed that Jimmy Garoppolo would be the starting quarterback. But, you know, the new backroom staff's come in and they've opted to bench Jimmy G and they've replaced him with rookie Aidan O'Connell. Now, O'Connell had his first start for the Raiders back in week four when he passed for 238 yards with zero touchdowns. Uh, an interception, <clears throat> excuse me, a rushing touchdown and three fumbles. Um, I think as well he got sacked seven times in that game. So, you know, you look at the way the Giants' defence has been over the last couple of weeks, which obviously we'll come on to shortly, I'm sure. But that, that you know, Thibodeau and Dex have got to be absolutely licking the lips at the thought of that, you know, we've got to get the pressure there. Um he also took over from Brian Hoyer in week seven against the Bears when he threw for 75 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Now, talking about the running game, as I, as I mentioned, Josh Jacobs is still the main man, but he's finding it tough this year. Um, he has fumbled the ball once. He's got quite good ball security, in all honesty. And in the receiving game, he's been targeted 40 times in the passing game, uh, catching 28 of them for 242 yards. So... The offensive lining, the Raiders rank seventh in pass blocking efficiency this season, allowing 63 pressures. 15 of them have led to sacks on 291 pass blocking snaps. The, the main reason for this is the performance of left tackle Colton Miller. Uh, he currently has an 88.4 pass blocking grade, which ranks second among offensive tackles. So the Raiders are a bit of a weird one when it comes to what their, their offense um, can, can do and what they can produce on the field. So. With that in mind, what is the game plan or what would your game plan be, Dan? Would you be focusing on stopping the run and, you know, trying to make O'Connell th throw and beat you in the air? Or do you try and force them to run the ball where they're quite clearly struggling with, as I mentioned, Jake was only averaging 3.1 a carry? Whatever the game plan is, just win the damn game. <laughs> um, I think... You know, we, we've seen little glimpses of Aiden Um And I think, personally, make him the focal point. Get the ball, you know, stop the run and get and put the ball in his hands and force him into potentially making mistakes. You know, we, we've got better at takeaways recently. Um, we've climbed, you know, sort of climbed the, the, the takeover dish, takeaway, turnover differential table. Uh, I think we're minus two now in turnover differential. Um, whereas a few weeks back we were pretty, a lot, we were a lot further down the table than that. So stop the run. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs can, uh, 
you know, we could we we seen what he can do previously. You know, last year he was he was an absolute beast. So I think you've got to you've got to look to stop their their number one weapon first off, um, and pretend and put the ball in in O'Connell's hands and and force him into making mistakes. You know, like you said, um, Tibbs and and Sexy Dexy, they're they're going to be licking their lips at getting getting pressure on him. Um, and the fact that he took seven sacks in the game. Um, that he started previously this year is uh, is a is a great sign, but yeah, I think get get him, get the ball into uh, O'Connell's hands and stop that run um, should be the game plan in my opinion. Because you know Tay Banks against Devontae Adams, that's a matchup I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, I've I've, I've got to agree with that. Um, I do think that we need to force O'Connell to beat us rather than Jacobs. If you look at the star power behind the both of them and, and who, um, you know, <laughs> who's had the bigger impact in the NFL so far in their career, Jacobs is the, definitely the bigger weapon there over O'Connell. Um, but I, I just want to kind of put another little sort of wrinkle on this, uh, maybe getting ahead of myself talking about our own, our own offense here. But, I don't think it's just the defense's job to make sure that they abandon the run game. It's also our offense's impetus to put points on the board and make them avoid the rushing offense because they can't afford for the clock to run down. It's a two-headed, it's a two-headed kind of attack that needs to be there, and it's not just defense. Hundred percent. If if we if we can if we can get the lead in in that game on Sunday. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be chasing the game, and the likelihood of them going to Jacobs on the ground is is a lot less. Um, so yeah, our game plan needs to be get the lead, score points, and stop the run, stop Josh Jacobs from making an impact, and, and have and force Aiden O'Connell to go through the error and potentially make those mistakes and throw an interception or cough up the ball on a fumble on after after a sack, you know, strip sack, whatever it is. Um, and you know, you said like they're. Did you say they were last in the league in 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 rushing yards per game with seventy per game? I mean, that's that kind of says a lot, really. Is you know we don't we we don't want them to sort of have a breakout game on the ground with uh, with Jacobs there. So you know we need to keep them under that seventy yards per game that they're averaging. Um, and yeah, just put just force I kind of went to making mistakes. All right, it's the turn of the Raiders' defense and. Uh, What's DJ up against, Craig? <laughs> the Raiders' defense has been hit and miss, kind of like they have. <laughs> um, most of their hits really have come against favorable matchups, and I think it's fair to say that we're probably a favorable matchup. So that that's one thing to kind of look out for. Another, you know, just like it was on offense, where Shane was saying, you know, they only average zero point four yards per game more than us. It defensively, they also have very, very similar stats to our defense. Um, they're giving up 337.6 yards per game, uh, 197 of those through the air, 140.6 of those on the ground. Uh, as a comparison, the Giants give up 338.9 uh, per game through the air, so only two yards more. Um, uh, sorry, 338.9 yards per game, so only two yards per game, uh, two yards per game more. Uh, we give up 211.5 through the air and two, uh, 127.4 on the ground. Pressure-wise, I mean, 
the standout is uh, Max Crosby. Uh, Jamie's already alluded to him earlier, saying that Crosby giving us a warning that he wants to go out and put on a show. Um, but we want to see bad Max. I mean, he has been an absolute monster so far. 37 hurries, three QB hits, seven sacks from the edge position. 90-plus uh, PFF scores on the season in both pass rushing and run defence. So that's um, that's one man we need to shackle very, very quickly. Now, interestingly enough, outside of Crosby's seven sacks, no other Raider has more than one sack. But there are nine players with one sack. So it's um, very much a kind of you have one, no, you have one, no, you have one, and Crosby taking the sort of everything that's left there. Um, more on the front side of the defence. So far, they've missed 73 tackles, forced three fumbles and have four batted passes. Big body in the middle of that defence is linebacker Robert Spillane, uh, who has a plus 75 PFF grade in run defence and also leads the team in tackles with 43, but also leads the team in missed tackles with 12. So he's just as good at missing them as he is at doing them. Uh, in coverage, the uh, Raiders are looking better than they have done in previous years. However, they still lack that true number one cornerback. Marcus Peters, Mr. Veteran, uh, had a pick six against the Lions last week. He's played the most snaps for the Raiders. However, he's allowed three touchdowns already and a passer rating of 103.7. So not a... Um, a great defense. Probably we probably have the edge there. But um after last week's refusal to pass the ball, surely with Daniel Jones back in a defense that is definitely not as talented as the Jets. We're gonna have to see something better this week, Shane, aren't we? Yeah, I mean that that's gonna be the key. I think I think one of the big keys is gonna be the Max Crosby matchup. Um he lines up predominantly on the uh of the right tackle uh, over the right tackle. Um, so he's made 375 snaps over the right tackle this season compared to 87 up against the left tackle. So whether it's Evan Neal, whether it's Tyree Phillips or maybe someone else, it's going to be, um, you know, a, a big ask for them and they, they're going to be the, the priority. But obviously, um, I mean, one, one of the big things as well for the Raiders is so far per PFF this year, they've had, uh, where is it, 73 missed tackles. So, you know, that, that, that's worse than the Giants at the minute. I know it might not seem like that's possible sometimes, especially when you see some of the things that happened on, on Sunday with the Hall touchdown. But, you know, they're, they're a team that don't really wrap up. I mean, their other edge guy, Tyree Wilson, he's disappointed quite quite a lot this year. He, he was a draft pick, uh, number seven overall this past season. He's just not really got going. He's only had one sack, um, one sack through the, the season. But, you, you know, you've got... You've just got to hope that Daniel Jones is back and is fully fit, like 100%, no kind of questions asked. No, like, yeah, I can feel a little bit of a twinge in my neck, just a muscle pulling every now and again, but it's causing me no issues. And then you end up putting him out there. And before you know it, you've potentially got another ground and situation on your hands where you put someone who said they were good to go out there that wasn't. And, you know, you, you, don't want to, you, you certainly don't want to see Daniel... Um, take any hits that maybe cause any more complications, especially when he's had issues in the, in the past. So, I mean, you know, you want you, everyone wants to see Daniel Jones come back. Everyone wants to see the Daniel Jones that performed in the second half against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that, you know, that's going to start with whoever's playing up against right tackle against uh, Max Crosby. And what about you, Dan? I mean, we have to. We have to put more, you know, 
we have to put you know have to see better than what we did against the Jets last week. No, like no question about it. Um, you know we've got to start scoring points. We we're ranked full out last in the league in terms of points per game. It's eleven point nine points per game. Um, it's almost three behind second worst in the New England Patriots. So we we need to start scoring points. And the fact that Daniel Jones is back paired with Barkley, who they haven't played together since week well, week that week two game against Arizona. So I think that that's a good sign. Um the the Raiders defense is okay. Max Crosby is he's on a different level. I hope to God that Evan Neal isn't playing on Sunday, as bad as that sounds. Um, just because I think coming off that injury, going up against Max Crosby, it, we're asking for trouble. And if Torrey Phillips is over there at right tackle, at least like, at least he's not been injured. He's not had time away. You know, he's 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 going to be up for it. Whereas Evan Neal is potentially going to be being very careful on the ankle of his, not wanting to re-injure it or do any more damage to it. Um, you know, Max Max Crosby is is a, an absolute beast, and I just fear for um, for Daniel Jones if uh, if Evan Neal does play right tackle. But as um, as Steve and Jamie rightly both said about Patrick Graham as well, he's going to have his defense up for this. Obviously, Patrick Graham being our ex defensive coordinator, um, it's going to be it's going to be a revenge game for him almost. Uh, so their their D is going to be fired up and, and and raring to go, and with Antonio Pierce being the head coach as well, obviously he's going to want their defense to show up and turn up um, against his former side. Um, so yeah, to not said to answer the original question, we have to do more than we did last week against the Jets, but I can I I can't see us doing any worse, like really, because um, because we have our number one quarterback. Yeah, we're we're not we're not go, we're not game planning um, to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Supposedly, as we were last week, which, if you ask me, was a load of bullshit. Um, but you know, we've we, we've got some weapons back on offense. We've got some big key pieces back on offense. Hopefully, have Andrew Thomas back as well. So it's a uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting game. And it's going to be a very interesting game to see how the Raiders' defense come up against uh, Daniel Jones and our offense. And I'm I'm hoping we see the Daniel Jones that we saw in that second half against Arizona, not the Daniel Jones that's running scared for his life and and making silly mistakes and making stupid decisions. Um, so yeah, so looking forward to it. Shane, was there um, something you wanted to throw in? Uh... Yeah, so obviously Andy Andy put a comment on just which kind of ties into something I was going to ask. So Andy said, we're in a no-win situation. We win, everyone says, so what, they've fired everyone of note and started a rookie QB. And if we lose, it's a case of, oh dear God. And I think Andy's on summit there, but that follows on to something that I was thinking in a very similar, in a very similar fashion that I feel like that for Daniel Jones this weekend. I feel like if Daniel Jones comes out and balls out and he plays like he did in the second half against Arizona, it's going to be a case of, oh, well, it's it's the Raiders, they're in disarray. They've, they've got the, the, the defence is pretty poor outside of Max Crosby. But then the flip side is if we go if we go to Lewis and DJ plays poorly or doesn't do enough to win us the game, then you're going to start getting all that chatter kind of about he's not the guy, we need to draft the QB. And 
I just wonder what your guys' thoughts was on that. And even the, the, the people that are listening live now, you know, feel free to kind of jump in with what you think on this. But is Daniel Jones onto a, a kind of no-win situation this weekend in terms of he wins and he's not really going to get complimented, but if he loses, he's probably going to get absolutely slaughtered? I think if, if we lose, people are going to look at it and go, oh, should he have come back that soon? Should have, you know, Was he really ready to come back? Was he really cleared properly by the doctors? Blah, 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 blah. I think if if we win, then... I think if we win, then he's he's good. If, he, if, if he plays well, he's going to get the credit he deserves. But in all honesty, I don't know. Like, it's a difficult one because I don't necessarily think that he he might not have the best game. You know, he's still going to be a little bit not rusty, but he's going to be being careful. I'd hope, um, and you just hope that he he gives the ball off to Saquon and 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 the rest of his weapons, and and they do the work for him. Um, but I, I I do kind of agree. Like he's he's maybe in a little bit of a no win situation because he'll probably get slated either way. You know what the you know what Giants Twitter is like. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, think? no, absolutely. Um, I don't think <laughs> I don't want to get into it too much because I'll start off on a Shane esque O line rant. But um, I think that <laughs> I think that never he doesn't rant against about the O line, does he? <laughs> there, um, there, there aren't many quarterbacks of a franchise out there that divide a fan base as much as Daniel Jones does and I have the feeling that the Daniel Jones haters and I'm not talking about us because I feel like that we're very impartial with how we view Daniel Jones um, and we will praise him for when he does stuff well and we will uh, criticize him when he does stuff badly but I do think that there is a lot a lot of people out there on Twitter who want Daniel Jones to fail and they want the Giants to fail this week just so they can say, I told you so. Um, and to me, I will never tell anybody how to be a fan of their team. But to me, that just leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I would never, ever, regardless of how, and I've watched some crap performances over the years watching people like Leeds and Reading, I will never, ever want my team to go out there um, and to lose. And this is a, this is a very... This is actually... I'm going to kind of roll this back to you guys here. But... Um, I don't know if this is something because of how we view sports and how sports are presented to us in in the UK in the fact that you know American sports especially sports like NFL, M MLB, NBA they don't have relegation so there is never a negative in a negativity to being shit and sometimes especially with drafting there's actually more of an incentive to be bad than there is to be good, especially when you get to a certain point. We don't have that liberty in the Premier League, in the EFL. That's not something we have. So I almost feel like as fans, we view it in a very different limelight. And I'm just curious to see if you guys agree with that in the fact that maybe we see things differently because we support teams of sports and are ingrained, that have been ingrained in us since we were kids that there is a consequence to your actions and you have to turn up every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I can 
relate to that obviously being an Albion fan. Even though we're from West Brom, I know it might be hard to believe, but we, we, we've not got luxury of money. Like, obviously, I, I don't know what Dan's thoughts are, because obviously Dan supports a, a big team who do spend money and, and, and whatnot. But obviously, in the, the lower down you get in the league and the lower leagues you get down, they've not got the luxury of just being able to kind of like kind of like cherry pick the players they want the way like say like Chelsea I mean they've spent something ridiculous over the last couple of years to try and get better whereas like you know teams like Albion Reading Leeds don't have that luxury um and kind of like the way that Chelsea trying to do it, it's kind of like they're trying to do their own like kind of draft like try and cherry pick the players they want as if they've got like the number one overall pick but as you say we don't have that luxury and I think that's one of the things that makes um like Fans this side of the pond probably a little bit more appreciative of of, of the draft and why, why why I enjoy the draft so much yeah, more because you, you look forward to it and and we can offer a different perspective that some American fans might not quite fully understand because that the draft system is all I've known whether it's in you know I mean, they've even got the MLS and that's got a draft like how's that work out I, I, like, it, that just seems baffling to me like football in America soccer in America has got a draft, but like it's it's like that in all their sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, etc. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that point. The fact that they don't know what relegation is, um, you know, I've I've never experienced relegation as as a soccer slash football, whatever you want to call it, as a football fan myself. Um, but I can only imagine how dreadful and awful it must feel to see to see a team you know, dropping down the leagues. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe it's sort of a perspective that we have on things over here that um, they don't necessarily have over in the States. But I think it's either way, I, I, I don't care like what anyone on social media says, what whether people want the team to do badly because they want a high draft pick, whatever. Me personally, I just want to see the team win. I don't, I don't care about what 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 draft pick we have. I don't care about you know where whether we're the the worst team in the league or the or sort of a middle team. You know, I don't last season. Like, I didn't care that we had the twenty fifth overall pick or whatever it was, because at the end of the day, my team was successful in the fact that we got to the playoffs. You know, all we want to see as Giants fans is success. Now, whether that's winning a game against the Las Vegas Raiders in week nine of the 2023 NFL season, or that's getting to the playoffs, or that's, you know, competing in our division, that's, you know, whatever it is, I just want to see success and I just want to see us win games. Um, I'm not a fan of of the whole sort of tanking theory. Um, I think that's absolutely criminal and it's and it's... Uh, it should it shouldn't be allowed to happen, um, and I, I don't think we're doing that at all. And I think any any fan or so called fan that does want their team to end up tanking to get the the best overall draft pick, you got to remember it's not you're not necessarily onto a home run if you get the if you get the number one overall pick. You're not going to get you know look at some of the previous number one overall picks. I've, I mean I've said on this on this pod before, but Jamarcus Russell, prime example, you know pick number one overall by the Raiders. And ends up being absolute dog shit. Um, so you, you're not necessarily going to get uh, this this guy that's going to turn everything around and, and make your team the best team in the league and lead you to a Super Bowl. 
Um, so you get what you're given. And I think those that those that support tanking or losing to get better draft picks, you're not a fan. You're really not. Yeah, and I know you know. I know there are. There's a lot of talk of people saying, "Yeah, well, you know, we don't believe in Jones." And there's an opportunity to get a quarterback, and there is an opportunity to get a quarterback. But as you just said, Dan, you know, Jamarcus Russell is like <laughs> almost like the poster boy for. Hey, it goes wrong sometimes. Johnny Manziel is another one. Poster boy for Johnny football. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It doesn't always go well. And I just want to bring Tim up a Tebow. few comments. Yeah, I just want to bring up a few comments just um, just to kind of go up there. Steve, uh, United, big team. It's not the nineties now. Um... <laughs> uh, Jamie, as How you know, I travel. You. How Jamie... dare you, Steve? <laughs> Jamie saying, as you know, I travel up and down the country watching the club I love. It gives me the family so many, so many emotions. It's not great when you're near the bottom. Um, obviously, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Jamie is a massive, massive Cardiff City fan. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see uh, all the miles he racks up going around the country. Supporting I, thought, that I thought he was a Swansea fan. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always get digs about my team, so I'm just going to put a quick one out there. <laughs> no offense, I'm just, no, you I'm just saying, Jamie's my favourite at the moment because he's just told me that it's Leeds one 0 as well. So I've, at least, uh, at least I know that Leeds are doing something well. And then Andy, soon, soon, Dan, it's coming. Man United in the Championship. <laughs> this is the Big Blue nope, UK and Ireland podcast, by the way. It's this is not Eng- the the English Premier <laughs> Premier League podcast or or the EFL podcast. <laughs> um, it ain't gonna right. happen, Andy. Um, so words. last last question before we move on to what the Giants need to do to win. Um, Jamie said there's one question that he'd like to ask. Uh, do you think there are any players who are aren't playing themselves into a new deal slash out of a new deal? These individual errors are mounting up. Um, Dan, go to you first. Anybody in particular? Um, I mean, we mentioned him earlier, but Zayn McKinney is one of them. Um, Adoree Jackson is one of them. Um. Who else have we got? I don't, I don't think there are many more. Those, no, those, those mean, two, those two are my main two. Uh, yeah, X, I mean, I, know, I, I think A. Sean Robinson's only on a one-year deal, so his his contract's up the end of the season. So now that now that Leo's gone, he needs to prove himself a bit more. Um, yeah. But yeah, those two, McKinney and Adoree, are, are definitely not playing themselves into a new deal, that's for sure. Um, any players that are playing themselves into a new deal? Um, I don't know. <laughs> are we yeah. playing that well that you can think players are uh, playing themselves into a new deal at the moment? I mean, maybe oh, Barkley. Maybe oh, Barkley, you know. Big big, big one for me would probably be Ben Bredesen. Yeah, that's true. He, he, he's a good shot. And, you know, obviously, we've got the... I mean, look, even Glowinski, I'm not saying he's going to get a new deal, but obviously there was a lot of talk, oh, yeah, cut him in the off-season, it saves money, etc. But, I mean, if he carries on playing the way he has played over the last two or three weeks, do you then maybe look at restructure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd, agree. I'd agree with that. that. I mean... I... On the offensive line and re-signings off. <laughs> oh, God almighty, what's going on here? Um, I don't know. What have I become? <laughs> the, the thing is, though, is that if you... Um... If you think about those two, Bredesen, Bredesen and Glowinski, even if we do potentially get um, 
get somebody to take their place. So, for example, I, I, I genuinely do believe that Pew will take Bredesen's place and Bredesen will be a backup. But even if you pay him to be a backup, he's probably going to be one of the best on the line. And the fact that he can play so many positions is just something you cannot kind of over overestimate in the slightest. I think as well, you look at how many O-line injuries, we just seem to have year after year. It's only a matter of time until, even if he does back up uh, Pew or maybe it's Glowinski at right guard or JMS at centre, it's only going to be a matter of time until he's probably utilised next season because that's just the way the, the Giants seem to be, really, with injuries. Yeah, I think I think one player that's kind of sort of sneakily potentially playing himself into a new deal, Bobby McCain. He's playing really well on special teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, special teams is what is an area that we do need to make sure that we have good players. I mean, there's there's been a few standouts there. Nick Nick McLeod's been really really good on special teams this season. Um, I'm not too sure yeah, if he's only on a one. Well. Is he is he on a one year deal? One year is it one or two? Uh, one year, one. according to SportTrack.com. So there we oh. go. So th- there's a there's a few players sort of from different different parts of um, of the deal. team. But no, that's a really good question. Thanks for that, Jamie. Another one that's potentially not playing themselves into a new deal. As horrible as as horrible as it is to say, Sterling Shepherd. Yeah, I think I think if we if we all look at this from a realist point of view, um, Shepherd was always going to be from on the outside looking in, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if next year is the year that the Giants turn around and say, "Hey, here's a new contract. It's as a coach." <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. it wouldn't surprise me either. All right, then. Right. What have the Giants got to do to win? Score points. <laughs> throw the ball. Throw the ball would be nice. Right, actually, pass the ball and 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 make positive yards in the passing game. That's a good start. <laughs> um, but with the return of Daniel Jones to the lineup, hopefully the offense should begin to get more rhythm than it did last week. Because, I mean, there was no rhythm last week, was there? In all honesty, apart from Barkley, um, with all the knocks on Daniel Jones, he helped the Giants to the playoffs last season. With the offensive line being in better shape, with hopefully the return of Andrew Thomas uh, and JMS hopefully not being too far away either. After missing the last seven weeks of injury, obviously with Andrew Thomas missed missed the last seven weeks of injury, he should feel more comfortable, hopefully feel more comfortable. Um, We just need to see more of what we saw in the second half against Arizona um, because that is what Daniel Jones is capable of. We know we saw it last season. We saw it in that game against Arizona. That is what he's capable of. Um, this, like I said earlier, this will be the first game since week two, since that week two game against the Cardinals that that Jones and Barkley have played together. Uh, defensively, we just need to keep doing what we're doing. Um, the only thing to keep an eye on is really how the run game goes now without Leonard Williams in the middle. Uh, it's likely we'll see a fair bit of rotation, but. Look for uh, Nacho and Ashawn Robinson to fill that gap um, that has been left by Big Cat. Tay Banks again is up up against another great receiver in Devontae Adams, so hopefully he can be back to his best and uh, close that bank off on Sunday again. These two teams are so evenly matched, like we said earlier. Defensively, we're both averaging twenty three point four points per game. 
The Raiders have the third worst offense, averaging 15.8 points per game. So their struggles are offensive are almost as bad as ours are. In terms of yards per game, we're going to see the league's two worst teams. Uh, the Raiders earn 0.4 yards per game more than Big Blue. The biggest difference between the two teams, I mentioned it earlier, is the turnover differential. We're gradually moving up the table. Like I said, we're at minus two, um, having eight takeaways but ten giveaways. The Raiders, on the other hand, they've got the worst differential in the league at minus eight. Having the same, have, you know, having the same eight takeaways, but they've given the ball up sixteen times in total, leading the league with thirteen interceptions. Have we got the latest injury report, Craig? I think it went up early, didn't it? Yeah, so the Giants injury yeah. report has has been released uh, for today, and will probably be the final one that we'll see uh, until Sunday. Uh, Gano has been ruled out; no surprise, he's been placed on IR. Uh, Taylor and Waller were both ruled out yesterday by Brian Dable. Uh, Taylor is dealing with a rib injury and obviously Waller's got a hamstring injury. Uh, there are no players on the doubtful list for the first time in God knows how long. And get this, um, on the questionable list, there are three players, only three, coming Shut off up. last week's double figures. Um, Evan Neal, ankle, Andrew Thomas, hamstring, both are expected to play. Um, Thomas has said that if uh, his hamstring holds up nicely today, then he'll be he'll, he thinks he'll be playing. Um, that was backed up by Rappaport earlier when he he reported on the fact that he expects Thomas to play. Um, but a weird one that has appeared here on the questionable list is uh, Jashawn Corbin with a hamstring injury. Why can our running backs not stay healthy <laughs> despite the fact that they're not actually getting any meaningful time in, on the field? That's Corbin Gray. Brightwell and Barkley, who have all missed, who have all you know been questionable or doubtful or missed time. It's it's um it's crazy. It's just the position, isn't it? They're not really the, getting tired, you know. They're not really getting you know tread on the tires, though, are they? Barkley's Barkley's no. the the horse by 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 a bloody country mile after what we've done to yeah. him after he's come back from his ankle. True that. Very true. All right. Who's your game changer on each side of the ball then, Craig? Um, I'm going to stick with my defensive one from last week and say Michael McFadden. I think he's an absolute stud at the moment. Like he is, the, he his IQ, his football IQ is so so good. I mean, you saw it on the fumble recovery against the Jets, where he was just he was zoned in and he saw that the second that snap was muffed, he was on it. Um, and I just feel like he is really, really starting to come into his own. I think Bobby O'Karake being more comfortable in the system helps McFadden be more comfortable in the system um, and probably helps Bobby to communicate with McFadden what he needs to do a little bit more. So that's my defensive one. Offensive, I am going to agree with a comment that was put up here earlier by Andy, which was put up, uh, I think it was a while ago, actually. Uh, there we go. Unleash Hyatt. Marcus Peters is a veteran. He is not Jalen Hyatt speed. Not a chance. So take some deep shots. I, I, this could be the Hyatt Hyatt breakout yeah, Hyatt breakout game. Hope so. What about you, Shane? Yeah. So de defensively, I was I was tempted to go for the the. the the whole unit, so to speak. 
But I'm just going to focus on Aishawn Robinson. Obviously, big cat's gone. It's left a big hole. Dex cannot play rep after rep after rep after rep. He's going to need some rest. And I think it's going to be important for Aishawn and Nacho as well to kind of come in and, and maybe even potentially... Um, DJ Davidson or Jordan Royley if he's active. But I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on Aishawn because obviously um he's slowly starting to improve for me and we, we were really happy when we got him in the offseason. He was coming off that injury. Hopefully now he can get fully healthy and he can sort of become Dex's new best mate. Um because you know De- as, as much of a machine as Dex is, we can't keep expecting to do it all himself every week, creating that pressure. He needs some assistance from somewhere and with Big Cat gone. I'm going to look to Aishawn to, to go for it. And offensively, I'm going to go for the, the game change. I'm going to go for um, DJ, DJ's back this week. So I'm going to go for his best mate. And that's Darius, no DJ, Slander Slater. Um, you know, they've, they were drafted in the same rookie class. That, 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 that seemed like they've always had chemistry. Obviously, when they were drafted, they'd have been on the on the second team and scout team working together. The, Slater absolutely loves DJ um, and, you know, I was really happy that Slayton come back. We've not really seen much use of him this season, in all honesty. Like he's he's been pretty absent. Fair enough, you could say that for pretty much all of our wide receivers, in all honesty. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that with DJ back, Darius Slayton can go ahead and have a big game. Nice. Uh, defensively, it's it's between two. I think Deontay Banks needs to keep. Uh, Devonta Adams in check. Tay Banks. Tay Banks, come on. Tay Banks <laughs> needs to keep Devonta Adams in check. Um, but I'm going for I'm going for number five, man. Tavon Thibodeau, keep rolling, keep doing what you're doing, keep proving those doubters wrong, keep hitting one that point, quarterback. One point five sacks away for being the first ever double digit sack. Maker under a Wink Martindale defense. There you go. There you go. I mean, the last three weeks he's just been on a different level. Um, and you know, he is turning into an elite pass rusher. Um, and it, the fact that they've the, the Raiders offensive line is pretty porous, they're giving up multiple sacks in a game. Um, Aiden O'Connell, he's a rookie, he's going to be. You know, deer in headlights. Hopefully, at some at some stages, and along with you know, along with sexy Dexy, along with Aishon Robinson, along with the rest of the defensive line, we can get that pressure on him and force him into making mistakes, forcing him to coughing up the ball. Um, you know, it deep in in their own territory, it only bides well for our offense. Offensively, it's it's got to be Daniel Jones. Um. As much as I don't want to put the pressure on him to perform, I think he needs to. Um, this is a this is a really this is a nice game for him to come back into. Granted, obviously Max Crosby on the on the Raiders defense is is a worry, but this is a nice game for him to come back into. We're up against the Dallas Cowboys next week, and we all saw what happened in Week One. So if he can come back in this week and just be consistent, he doesn't have to. You know, pass for 400 yards, four touchdowns, run the ball for 70 yards. Just be consistent, make some decent plays, make some smart plays, not give the ball away, you know, and just play smart football. Then I think we'll win this game. 
Um, it, it'll be a massive bonus if Andrew Thomas is back as well. Um, you know, he'll be feel a lot more protected on his blind side. It'll allow Justin Pugh to move in and, you know, just... and. Sh- I think Dan might have might have frozen there. So yeah. what, oh, there we go. He's back. He's back. He's back don't, in the room. Don't know where I, I don't know where <laughs> I went. I was I was mid sentence and it just all of a sudden went blank on me. Um, but yeah, have, hopefully, like I said hopefully having Andrew Thomas back will help as well. So yeah, for me, game changers, Tibbs and uh, Daniel Jones. All right, then. So it's prediction time, and as usual, I am up. First, um, Jimmy G benched. Aidan O'Connell getting his getting the start. It's Antonio Pierce's first game as head coach. It's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be an easy game. But make no make no mistake about it. Antonio Pierce said in his press conference this week he was born a Raider, having grown up in Compton, LA. So he's going to be fired up. Patrick Graham's going to be fired up. The new OC is going to be fired up. So the Raiders are going to come out. Pretty fired up, right? Um, our defense is playing lights out, and now that our offense, hopefully, like I said, Touchwood is looking a bit healthier. We hope we start to see more of what we saw in Arizona. My biggest concern, though, which is something we haven't really mentioned this evening, is the loss of Darren Waller to injury. Daniel Bellinger is a tight end one I've got no problems with because he, we saw what he's capable of last season. Um. But he hasn't quite looked the same this year. I mean, I know he's been in a lot more pass in a lot more um, blocking sets than uh, receiving sets, so I, I, I get it. But I, st- I, you know, still not having that big target in the red zone. It, it is a bit of a concern. Um, it will be a low low scoring game. I can't see it being a shootout at all. Over under is currently thirty seven. The Giants are currently one and a half point underdogs, and the Raiders are slight favourites on the money line. Um, for me, the offense does just enough. Uh, our defense has another solid game, multiple sacks, turnovers. We get the win, sixteen thirteen. Let's go, Giants! All right, uh, Kev. Uh, obviously, he's not here. He's gone for a twenty four thirteen win. So Kev thinks we're going to get into the twenties. I'll take that, but. I don't see it happening. Um, Shane, what have you gone for? Oh, the moment of truth, eh? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a tight, tight game. It, it's two of the worst offences, if not football teams, in, in the NFL. Obviously, it's only, it's only the fact that our defence probably gives it any kind of credibility. Um, it, 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 like I say, it, it, it's, it's a tough one. I'm kind of going to sit on the fence now and say, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it went either way because of the stuff Dan's mentioned. Obviously, the, you know, the new head coach bounce kind of thing and um, with how poor we were. But obviously, we've got a better quarterback back who's going to be starting for us. I'd take Andrew Thomas over um, and Carlton Miller and as great as Max Crosby is. The way Thibodeau's going, he could potentially be better than Max Crosby comfortably. Um, so I'm going to go for a Giants win. Um, and I think I said, was it 14-10, I think I went with? Yeah, 14-10. Uh, it was, this is the kind of game I expect it to be, it was 10-9 at one point. And the only reason I changed it last week is because I thought the Raiders will probably get a touchdown 
I imagine it's going to be a rushing touchdown because we've lost big cat. Running game might be a little bit more susceptible, so they might get a bit of luck there. So I decided to give the Raiders a, 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 a touchdown, but I did have it as 10-9 originally and then changed to 14-10. So, yes, um, interesting you say that. I made a last-minute adjustment to my score. Uh, my original jot down in our group was that I was going to take the Giants 20-10. to 10. Uh, I've now got the Giants 20 to 17. I think it's going to be a lot closer than I first anticipated. Um, and I, yeah, I think this is going to be tough for both offences. I, I do think DJ gets the job done. I do think we see a lot more than we've seen, which, let's be honest, it's not hard. Um, Saquon Barkley could fall forward. Really and we can't, yeah, Saquon Barkley can fall forward for one yard, and we don't have to do anything else for the rest of the game. We're still going to do better than, or you know, DJ can pass to Barkley for one yard, and it's more than we've put up last week. So that says everything. But um, yeah, I keep going back I, and forth with with how this is going to go. It's. Um, I thought you, I thought you were going to lone wolf it then, Craig. No, no, there is no lone wolfing from myself. However, in the comments there is. A twenty to seventeen G men from Steve Wilkins, but the Steve other Steve, yes, the other Steve is low wolfing at a twenty one fourteen Raiders win. So interesting. Fair enough. You know, what? I, could, I, I I could see that. I yeah. could see it. I can't score. I can't see. I can't. I don't know if I can see the Raiders scoring three three touchdowns, but I can see the Raiders winning by winning a field goal game. It's, it's going to be close. It's going to be a real close game for sure. Yep. All righty then. That's all we've got time for, Giants fans. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we will be back next week, uh, Wednesday next week, to review the Raiders game, uh, 8.30pm as usual. So make sure you tune in and make sure you join us then. Um, anything else to add before we go? No, just I keep saying myself it can't get much worse than Sunday. That that's the uh, yeah. I mean, three three would be some scoreline, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I keep. I keep it's in a myself, dome as well. Come on, that ain't going to happen. It can that's a bad better. weather game. It, it can only get better. What I will say is, if we lose this Sunday, we've got serious issues. There, there's massive problems that we're probably going to need to talk about. In the coming weeks, uh, if not the the bye week, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully the the Giants can uh, can get that dub. Um, they're on the road for three games straight now, and um, just wrapping up on what we said at the start. Obviously, the Giants were at home this past Sunday to the New York Jets. The next time the New York Giants are at home, we will officially be in attendance. Next yeah, next buddy. next home game will be there. Hey, mental does that sound? <laughs> Yeah, crazy, so it is crazy. It's um, you're right though, Shane. That if the season was on a knife edge, this is the point. It's on the knife edge. Um, the outcome of our entire season pretty much rests on this game. Um, if Josh McDaniels was still in charge, I will um, will have said Giants comfortably. And if Jimmy G was still at quarterback, I probably would still agree. I just feel like the unknown is the thing that worries me the most. Um, but obviously, it's a late game. So um, just one thing I wanted to to kind of put out there just to the listeners, um, just to kind of get in contact with us. Uh, Kev put out a 
kind of feeler type question to the group chat and I'm, I'm just going to put it out to you guys and let you guys know um one thing that we like or love about the giant insider is the fact that they do their watch-alongs um, and their watch-alongs are really really sort of good fun and it's nice to kind of chat along to the to, to jerry as he's going um if you guys are interested in us doing that then the commanders game that comes up in a couple of weekends time uh, we'd be more than happy to do one. Just let us know. Throw us a, a comment on this video or throw us a comment on X, Facebook, Carrier Pigeon, however you want to get it to us. Um, and uh, if enough people are interested, then absolutely we'll, we'll be happy to do that. And if it goes down well, we might even do more in the uh, in the future. Yeah, mate. Sounds, uh, sounds good. Um, just, just not the part yeah, of game. No. <laughs> No, no, no. We'll, we'll we'll be too busy enjoying ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a big, um, big what three four weeks coming up before the bye week, um, midpoint of the season. You know, if, if we win this game, we we're at three and six, three big games potentially coming up. You know, stranger things have happened. We've got we've we've gone to Jerry well before and got a win there, um, and then we've got Washington and obviously the Patriots before the bye week. If all goes well, you know, by the time bye week comes around, week thirteen, uh, we could be six and six. Um, but it starts this week, um, and it starts this week against the Raiders, and this is a a real, real key game. Like I said, we, we're so evenly matched against this team. Um, it's really, really key that we get this win to just to give ourselves a bit of a boost going into the Cowboys game next week. Um, but yeah, f- fully up for the uh, the watch along against the uh, against Washington in two weeks' time. So yeah, let us know if anyone's up for that. And it does sound mental that the next time the Giants play at home, we'll be there. Um, I just can't wait. Just can't wait. Um, those three weeks can't come round quick enough. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. Get the latest notifications and updates. Uh, of when we go live and all the shorts and everything like that we do on YouTube. Uh, check out our Etsy shop, etsy.com forward slash Big Blue UK IRL to get your hands on some pod merch and to show us some love. Uh, if you do buy yourself some pod merch, make sure you take a t- take a little picture of it and tag us in it on, uh, on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, or Facebook, Instagram, whichever social media platform of your choice. If you do buy yourself some merch, make sure you tag us in it and show us the love. Um, as usual, my thanks go to Shane and to Craig for joining me, to viewers and listeners for tuning in. We are signing off. Until next time, let's go Giants.